Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. America's Voice of Reason. Boyd Matheson on Utah's home for elevated conversation. Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Why the Supreme Court continues to ruminate on President Biden's student debt relief plan, whether it is legal or illegal or unconstitutional, students continue to suffer under a broken federal student loan program. And we're going to get back to this issue of leadership again today in terms of what is really at the root, the core cause of the problem. Is it the disconnect between higher education's cost and value? Is it the needs of an ever-changing workforce? Is it the fact that we live in a 24-7 world where we have all of these changes and education has got to adapt and adjust? Uh, So we want to dig into that a little bit deeper and, and explore what does leadership look like in this space And we're really pleased to have joining us on the program Preston Cooper, research fellow at the Foundation for Research on Equal Opportunity, working on higher education. And uh, Preston, you got uh, some great uh, context in terms of aligning higher education costs with value. Uh, And so let's start with it there. Obviously, the Supreme Court's going to decide what they decide in terms of uh, forgiving of current student loan. uh, But we know that is uh, just a symptom of a much deeper problem. Uh, So give us a little bit of the lay of the land. Where are we really? Thank you, Boyd, for having me back. Yeah, as you mentioned, you know, the Supreme Court is considering President Biden's student loan forgiveness plan, which will cost about $400 billion. But that's really just a very expensive band-aid on what is a much deeper problem. And the root of the problem is that sometimes the federal government, through the student loan program, funds education that costs too much and delivers too little. In other words, the cost is not aligned uh, with its value. So at, uh, at FreeOp, my organization, we've been working on a proposal that would essentially um, ensure that colleges have a direct financial stake in their future student success. And we believe that if colleges are given a direct financial incentive to ensure that their students uh, can succeed, can pay back their loans, uh, that colleges will make changes. And they will say, hey, we're no longer going to offer these degrees uh, that cost way too much, that mire students in way too much debt, and don't deliver the earnings outcomes to justify the tuition paid. Yeah. And so let's dig into that a little bit in terms of what that would actually look like and feel like to universities, what that would also mean uh, for students going into these programs, uh, because it would really change the dynamic. It would create a new level of transparency for sure, uh, but some real accountability when it comes to the institutions of higher learning. Certainly. So uh, the specifics of what we propose, basically, is to ensure that when students are not able to pay back their student loans because they their college charged too much and their incomes are too low, 
We say the college should have to compensate taxpayers for the losses on those loans. So if you borrowed $30,000 from the federal government, but your income is so low uh, that you can only pay back $15,000, then we think the college should be liable for at least a portion of that remaining uh, $15,000. And uh, this would basically put hold colleges uh, feet to the fire, say, if we're going to be charging $30,000 for an education that only delivers $15,000 in benefits, well, we got to either lower our prices or we got to increase the value of our education, teach more labor market relevant skills, shift resources to programs with a proven financial return, or else we're going to be on the hook uh, for the, uh, to, the, to the federal government uh, for these loans that students are not able to repay. And then we reinvest uh, the savings from that, um, from that policy, that requirement that uh, colleges compensate taxpayers for loans uh, that are not repaid. Uh, into additional uh, aid for low- and middle-income students who are pursuing high-return mm. programs. So there's both a carrot and a stick. Yeah, and I, and I love that component to it, that there's, uh, one, there's a, a shared risk that the colleges are now on the hook for something to, to produce something of value, uh, but then there's also a way to reinvest that uh, back into uh, some of those, as you said, at the lower economic scale uh, to help them as they embark on that higher education journey. Anything else within that uh, that we should be watching for or things that are, are crucial to that that would really change the conversation uh, about student loan and about higher education? Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen. Of course. So another component of our plan, basically, is to say to colleges, well, you know, we're going to hold you accountable based on your outcomes. But, you know, those outcomes take a while to be realized. So if I issue a student loan this year in 2023, student spends four, year in, four years in college, spends another few years in the labor force. It could be, you know, 2032 by the time we figure out, you know, is this uh, student going to pay back their loans or not? So uh, in order to make sure colleges face an immediate financial incentive uh, to improve their outcomes, what we do is we only disperse a portion of student loan funding up front. So we give colleges half of the loan up front and say, we're only going to give you the other half once you have proven uh, that uh, your outcomes are going to be good enough to enable students to repay their loans. You know, if uh, your outcomes are not good enough, then we're going to uh, take that compensation for the unpaid student loan out of that, uh, you know, unreleased portion of the loan. If your outcomes are good enough, we're going to give it back to you. So that colleges, you know, if they want to get that extra loan funding uh, further down the road, they're going to have to make decisions today that are going to improve other students' outcomes eight, nine, ten years from now.
Yeah, and I love that kind of long-range thinking. And the other thing I love about everything you're doing on this project is it's not just a nice white paper. It's not just a nice op-ed. You actually have some model legislation uh, that could uh, be uh, introduced around that. So give me a sense in terms of uh, any early uh, support people, anyone who's looking uh, at this uh, from a congressional standpoint in terms of, hey, let's take this up seriously and have a, a real debate in front of the American people. Definitely. You know, we, we've we introduced uh, model legislation, the uh, Higher Education Accountability for Loans, or HEAL Act, uh, to accompany this white paper that we put out at FreeOp, uh, basically. So if a member of Congress wants to put this uh, accountability system into action, there's a ready-made piece of legislation that would enable them to do so. You know, uh, we've been talking to, to folks on the Hill, and there are there is a lot of bipartisan interest in holding colleges accountable for their outcomes. I think that there is a uh, sense among both parties that colleges have uh, gotten away with murder for too long here. Uh, you know, they've been... Uh, drawing down uh, hundreds of billions of dollars from the federal student loan program uh, without really uh, showing much for it. If you're a Republican, you might dislike that because uh, that's a huge drain on the Treasury. If you're a Democrat, you might dislike that because colleges are uh, preying on vulnerable students using the federal student loan program. You know, there's a lot of bipartisan interest in uh, making sure that uh, there is reform on this front. And I am very optimistic that, you know, as we face a divided Congress, that uh, this could be one area of bipartisan cooperation. Uh, that's great. Preston Cooper's research fellow at the Foundation for Research on Equal Opportunity, free up, as we like to say, uh, working on higher education. And again, I, I love the approach. I love the beginning of this conversation. And I think it's one that higher education should embrace because it will show the real players from the pretenders. Uh, and I think that changes the conversation. And I think it uh, it really gives some fairness and uh, some strategic view for potential students or students going into college to know what they're in for, what the likely outcome is, and what their ability to repay is going to be. I think all of those are crucial pieces of the conversation. Anything else we should be watching for, Preston, before I let you go? Well, you know, I would say that we're, we're going to, uh, you know, hold college's feet to the fire uh, with this new student loan uh, compensation requirements, or at least we hope to do so. But I would also, you know, reemphasize that if uh, colleges are serving students well, if they're delivering uh, good outcomes, strong earnings at an affordable price, we're also going to reward them for that through uh, our Pell Grant bonus, which basically would say, you know, if you're, uh, you can be eligible for up to a $5,000 additional Pell Grant if you're demonstrating good outcomes. And I think that we're, I think this is a fair deal for colleges. You know, if you are going to uh, do, if you're going to do right by your students, uh, you should be rewarded for that. Uh, all right. Great stuff. Preston Cooper, again, uh, from the Foundation for Research on Equal Opportunity. Uh, Preston, appreciate your perspective. This is a great conversation. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. All right. I, I love where this is all headed. And again, this is not anti-higher education. This is not against colleges and universities. This is about making sure that we have clarity, that people going into college or who are taking loans for college are very clear-eyed and understand what it is they're signing up for and what the likely outcome is on the back end. It makes sure that colleges and universities are uh, servicing their students well, providing the right kind of education that puts them in the right places uh, to be able to not just pay back their their debt, but also to be able to move forward in a positive way in society. Uh, and I think this kind of accountability, this kind of conversation uh, is way overdue. And I think we haven't had this conversation uh, just due to lack of leadership on both sides. And I love that Preston pointed out that, look, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, there's a lot of reasons to cheer this uh, and to engage and lean into this conversation. 
And uh, I'm hopeful that in a divided Congress that this actually could be one of those places where both Democrats and Republicans could come together uh, and put this bill on the floor. They've got it not just in a great white paper, which is wonderful. That's great research. But they've also got model legislation. So it won't be hard for a committee to work through it in the House and the Senate to get it on the floor and then actually have a debate uh, and have a debate in front of the American people on this. I think everybody's interested in it. Uh, Families that are dealing with that debt uh, from student loans are clearly dealing with it. Up and coming students are going to deal with it. Uh, It's not going away. And so this is a chance to change the conversation. But again, it takes leadership. And the question is always is who's going to lead. All right, we'll step aside for one last commercial break, and we'll round out a day that has been very leadership-centric on a wide range of issues. We'll break all of that down and pull it all together on our final segment of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. We'll be right back. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.